get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games Does one dominant win erase all the doubts that were floating around the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and their place as a true power in the CFL today? The Toronto Argonauts' first loss of the season combined with big questions about the health of their QB1, Chad Kelly, has reshuffled the league power rankings as we enter Week 10. Great to see everybody. Welcome inside Bonfire Midweek. My name is Darren Bombing, and as we always do, we bring in the man, Zach Schnitzer, who joins us from Destinations Unknown. Schnitzy, how you doing, man? Where are you? What's going on? <laughs> Where am I indeed? Well, I'm in the southeast region of the White Shell on a okay. beautiful lake known as West Hawk, baby. Just gorgeous out here. I'm sitting on the sun porch. Uh, my cousin Dickie is watching in the other in the other sun porch. Uh, yeah, just uh, very grateful to be here. And uh, my daughter and I are here for the week. While my wife and son are at home, you know they got important things to do at work and preschool. So we're just living it up, buddy. That's awesome. That is awesome. It is, it is lake season right now. So for everybody that's able to, to get out to a cabin or a beach or go camping or jump in the, uh, you know, the, the, the trailer or whatever it is, uh, good on you. And if you can then also take in some Canadian football, that is pretty, that's a pretty great summer to me. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I spent a lot of my formative years at West Hawk Lake. My grandparents had this big, long trailer. It was like a 1952 champion trailer. It was bubblegum pink with black and silver. Oh, it like you couldn't miss the thing. Uh, but now that it is gone, I miss the thing. I miss those times out at West Hawk Lake beautiful Canadian shield uh, country out there. And, and really, if you're in the, the sandy lands of the West or the shield of the East or the inner lake of the North um, of Winnipeg uh, or, or wherever you go, Ontario, Saskatchewan, uh, there's lots of different places uh, uh, that, that really is, uh, um, you know, a little bit of Manitoba, a little bit of, of uh, Canadian culture, Winnipeg culture right there. So uh, great that you're able to join us here on Bonfire Midweek. What a crazy week in the CFL. It really was. And we got a lot to get to on the program. Um, we are going to uh, go around the league and, and take a look back at CFL week nine. A lot of those results that uh, have really brought about a lot of news and things that are changing in the CFL. We'll get into the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, what I saw at practice on Monday. Uh, today's practice on Tuesday was closed. Tomorrow, it's already time. It's walkthrough day in Edmonton, and then they take on the Elks on Thursday night. So that means Chris Walby and I will have game day Winnipeg, our pregame show as we always do the day before the game. Join us live tomorrow. That is Wednesday at three o'clock right after Winnipeg Sports Talk. And then Zach, you'll join me from your beautiful perch in uh, in the White Shell Provincial Park uh, for game day after dark and our postgame coverage here on Bonfire Sports. Um, 
Before we get into uh, CFL Week 9, and of course, we're going to look ahead to Week 10, uh, make our picks for SIA.com slash bonfire. Um, and and you could, everybody out there can see the games upcoming for Week 10 up on the screen right now. But we'll look back at Week 9 in a second. Anything that, that jumps out to you? Have you settled down, Zach, from following the 50-burger by the Bombers? Dude, when you eat a 50-burger, it keeps you full for days, right? No doubt. I, I am still full and walking around uh, fully satiated, fat and happy, my friend. Um, yeah, it's, the question you ask is the big question, right? And I'm going to do that in my sober second thought. But I'll ask it, you know, we can ask it now too. Did the Bombers make enough of a statement to say that they're the Great Cup favorites again? Are they back on the pedestal yeah. as number one? Or do they do they have to beat Toronto? You know, you know, you, you talked about around the league. Toronto's an interesting team that was pounding the crap out of everybody, including BC. Mm-hmm. They put up, I think, 45 on BC. But then Chad Kelly goes down and they, they drop one to the stamps. So the, the whole, you know, just because your QB1 goes down doesn't necessarily mean you should drop one. But they didn't, they didn't look very uh, inspired against Calgary. So I, I don't know. It just, it, I have to see more from Toronto because they scare me, but they uh, they only put up seven on a Stamps team that uh, was kind of circling the drain, buddy. Yeah. No, I, even before Chad Kelly went down, I didn't think they were playing their, their best football, you know, to, to your point. Um, but hey, l- let's get into it. And I'm glad you started there. Uh, CFL week nine, uh, and it all started uh, in Toronto or pardon me, in Calgary, uh, the Toronto Argonauts on the road, their unbeaten record here. We'll uh, zoom in a bit here. So it ended up being Cameron Dukes, uh, the the number two quarterback who ended up playing most of the game, pardon the glitches uh, in the software here, but uh, uh, really the, the Argos um, and Stamps played a pretty even game, but Calgary took advantage of their opportunities. Um, I don't know if there is a better defensive tackle in the CFL today than this man right here, Mike Rose. He had a sack, uh, was, uh, I think he nearly had two, uh, but he's got six on the season. Uh, Calgary's defense is legit. They are the reason uh, the Stampeders are, um, you know, able to be where they are in the CFL standings. Uh, I wouldn't count them out yet but they're right on the verge. What, what an absolutely huge win over mm. the Argos uh, this week. Well, yeah, I mean, the stamps are, are I mean, it, we were, we were kind of joking that maybe there would be an Eastern crossover this year because the stamps, the riders and the Elks were so poor, but um, yeah, who is going to be third place of the West division, Darren is fascinating. It, it really is fascinating. It is. And, uh, well, I, I don't want to jump ahead, but we'll, we'll look at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, uh, 26, 24 win at home in a second. But, uh, the third game on the slate in week nine was the Alouettes in Hamilton to take on the Ticats. It was the third quarter. It was healthy. Like the healthy amount of the game had gone by and the Ticats yeah. were in control. They were holding on to the lead. Cody Fajardo, uh, he's kind of the same quarterback we've come to known. Uh, come to know in being a little bit mistake prone and uh, but at the same time uh, dynamic enough to make some some big plays. Uh, 
Montreal's defense, you know, as, as I talk about the Calgary Stampeders defense, Montreal's defense is damn good. Damn good. Um, and, and to me, the, the teams that won this week in the Alouettes, in the Rough Riders, in the Stampeders, and of course, we'll get to the Blue Bombers 50 burger in a second. But those teams that won this past week, they did it with their defense. Uh, Saskatchewan's pass rush, we'll, we'll get to in a second. But Montreal uh, did an outstanding job uh, keeping a young quarterback uh, in Taylor Powell at bay. And following this game, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, Zach, they announced a coaching change, two coaching changes this past week in the CFL. And uh, it is offensive coordinator of the Tie Cats. Um, why am I blanking? I don't know. We were talking about him earlier. Tommy. Yeah, Tommy Condell. Sorry. Gosh. Uh, Tommy Condell uh, will no longer. Or he, the team announced that they've mutually agreed to part ways, which is the diplomatic way of relieving someone of their duties or firing them. Uh, so Tommy Condell, very, very good, experienced, strong, um, smart, offensive mind in the Canadian Football League. He probably won't be without work for long maybe Edmonton, because that was the other coaching change. We'll get to that in a second. Um, mm. Yes, Edmonton did make a coaching change, everybody, but no, it wasn't Chris Jones. So uh, Tommy Condell is out, and Scott Milanovic is the new offensive coordinator of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, whether Bo comes back uh, sooner rather than later, he's in a boot. They showed him during the game, watching the game in the boot with his family up up in the, the suites. Um, we'll have to see, but the tie cat season really is hanging by a thread. Zach, um, Scott Milanovic, like what to me, this is a huge upgrade, huge upgrade for the tie cats because Milanovic, uh, is a proven winner, both as a coordinator and a head coach. He has great cups, uh, in, in both capacities time in the NFL now back up here in Canada and, uh, the new OC and play caller in Hamilton. You think it'll help? Uh, only if they start running the freaking ball, mm -hmm. like why? I think that was one of the big knocks on Tommy Gundell is he didn't run the ball. And then they spent all this money on James Butler. Well, first of all, in the CFL, you shouldn't be spending a lot of money on a running back. It's a passing league. If they're not Canadian, if they're not Canadian, good point. But if you do spend that kind of money, why aren't you running the freaking ball? Especially when you have your second and third string quarterbacks. You know, it takes the pressure off them. The, the old linemen don't like to pass block the entire game. What do you do? Like, what what is what is the thought process there? Now, I'm not saying that's why he was let go. Obviously, the results spoke for themselves. But I don't know, man. Like, you have a... I don't think an OC should be on the hot seat if he's having to run out his second and even and mostly his third string quarterback. You know, they should be giving him a bit of grace. But instead, they give him the coup de grace. Right. Uh, you know, like, now, and I'll, I, and I'll I, just I ask, what, what is the coup de gras? What, the what does that mean? Oh, like the finishing move. Okay. Cut. You're cut. You're done. You're done. But like, why, why did you get James Butler? If you're, if, if you have a young quarterback like Taylor Powell or even Matt Schiltz and you want to take pressure off a young quarterback and you want to make your offensive line happy, Run the ball. You don't have to run it fifty percent of the time like the bombers do, but mm, not quite fifty percent. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I hear what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like the bomber's MO is is to pound the rock. So, uh, and I remember that last year too, the, the Ticats just never ran the ball. They, they'd almost have a sort of, I don't know, ad hoc running game by throwing a bunch of screens and hitches and, and things like that. But you still have to run the ball sometimes. Well, the Teams Blue Bombers used to the do ball. that. The Blue Bombers used to do that when Paul Lapolis was the offensive coordinator. And we, I remember the media asking questions of, of Lapo saying, you know, like, well, how come you're not running the ball more? Well, we run these screen plays and these one yard right. hitches and things to the flats. It is a pseudo run game. Um, but a traditional run game keeps the box. That is where the D linemen and the linebackers are. Uh, it keeps that box near the line of scrimmage. Uh, much, much more honest. So, I mean, yeah. hey, you know, yeah. breath of fresh air. What do they say? Uh, new broom sweeps clean. Maybe this will help the Ticats uh, straighten some things out in a year where they are hosting the Grey Cup. Um, quickly, let's uh, look at the uh, Red Blacks and Riders. It was the final game uh, of CFL Week 9. And the Riders, to me, just hung on, hung in. So did the Red Blacks. I, I think it was a, you know what, now that I think about it, it was a pretty evenly fought game, um, but the Riders just made some big plays. And whether that's home field advantage uh, being the difference, uh, that, that could very well be. How about this? Mason Fine goes for 296 yards passing, no, uh, no interceptions through the touchdown. Uh, that's 62% for 300 yards. Not a bad day at the office for the Riders' number two quarterback. But it was their defense, Zach, that really, really impressed me. Uh, Anthony Lanier, does he go by junior? No, he goes by the second. Anthony Lanier, the second. Five total tackles, three sacks. He was mm. an absolute menace in this game and it helped the uh the riders get back on the winning track with a 26-24 win at home. That game to me DB was all about coaching mistakes from Bob Dice. He got aggressive on third down. Right? You like that. And then he got uber conservative on third down. Like pick your poison buddy. You don't kick a you don't kick a field goal when you're fir- when you're third and goal from the opponent's one yard line, and you give them a minute, an entire minute left to kick a field goal, he he went for it. He went for it like on what was it on the on the Riders twenty on third down and and missed it. And then I think he got scared, and then he and then he kicked the field goal on their one yard line. You know, even if you of course you're going to make the field goal, you go up by. You go up by one, but you're giving the riders a, a whole minute left, and all they have to do is march, you know, to what your your forty yard line to, to have a chance to walk off the game, and, and well, that's exactly what they did. All they have to do is march. I, I I think you said it, and I'll play devil's advocate here. As much as I, you know, it's to me, it's not even the devil. It is. I think. I think it was the smarter play. Uh, Bob Dice did, uh, spoke about, um, you know, some of the, the coaching decisions after the game and was clear. He did not regret going for that field goal on third and one, uh, from the one, uh, it puts you ahead. 
It's only one minute. I know it's enough time, but it's not a minute and a half where a team can, you know, plod along, you know, let's say two minutes, that sort of thing where you can slowly move the chains, mix in a run. It's a much more challenging march, a much more challenging drive uh, when you only have the opportunity to really use 35, 45 seconds. Um, and, and that's really what they, you know, the, um, that, that's really what, uh, Ottawa or pardon me, Saskatchewan needed, uh, the field goal at the end of the game, I'm just pulling it up here. The field goal was a 54 yard attempt and it was good. That was a 32 second drive, which left, uh, 26 seconds left. So, you know, yeah, a minute is enough time to do that, but if you miss from third and one, third and goal from the one, if you miss, you don't get in, the game is over. The game is mm-hmm. over. If you kick is the field though? goal, you still, you have the lead and the game is still going on. And you give your team a chance to win that game with the lead. So I don't hate the call. I don't, yeah, I, I, if those are fair points, but I'm not even sure the game's over. If if there's a minute left in the Canadian Football League and the clock stops under three minutes, um, the Riders are backed up on their own one yard line, up by a up by I guess up by two points on their one yard line. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably not going to take any chances. They're probably going to run the ball a couple times. Uh, clock stops, then they're going to punt it, and you're going to be in good field position again. I would yeah. say the game isn't over. You're probably going to have 30 seconds left to try try another shot at it, to kick a field goal to win it. And this time it would be to kick a field goal to win the game, not leaving any time on the clock. So I don't know, man. Like, Wouldn't there be enough time? To get back for the red? Like, yeah. I mean, Crum took a sack. Right. It was uh, Micah Johnson uh, with a five yard sack on second and four. Um, You know, Shaq Evans caught a six yard pass on first down, 21 seconds left. Then with nine seconds left, uh, Crumb gets sacked. So and and that was the ball game. But um, look, it's the whole hindsight is 2020. And, and, you know, the whole thing, if the Red Blacks found a way. Not even found a way if the Red Blacks stopped the Saskatchewan Rough Riders from getting into field goal range. And they just got into field goal range. 54 yards. That's, that's a, a long hard, field yeah, goal. That's a that is a point. long that's a field goal. That's and a big one. Yeah. Ask any Rider fan what they think about Brett Lowther at times. Okay. It's not like he's Justin Medlock or, or Sergio Castillo or Sean White out there. Okay. Um, and I think if, if Saskatchewan wasn't able to get into field goal range and the Ottawa Red Blacks win this game. A lot of people said smart play gets the lead because if he didn't, the game is over. Do you understand? Like if going, going into that third and uh third and one from the one. Okay. It was uh Jackson Bennett ran for a yard on first and goal from the seven. And then he ran again for five yards that got them to the one. So two consecutive runs that got them six out of the seven yards they needed. And then it's third and one. You could say, well, yeah, just do it. Right. But the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have arguably, um, one of the top three, I I would say top three defensive lines in the CFL. Uh, that's a big gamble to put the whole game on one play. Big gamble. 
when you can win by taking the lead and then stopping the other team from marching the field. Uh, uh, I, well, I don't. Yeah, but you said. Okay. Well, you you said you you can win by stop you know by kicking the field goal. You can win, but you're giving the other team an entire minute. You can and so, but there's so you're, multiple. You're not winning. You're, you you can win the game by getting it in from the one at that point. The chances of the Riders getting a getting a touchdown to go ahead if you score the touchdown there is very small. Well, well, yo, no, no doubt, no doubt. If you're able to score, but let's just say it's a fifty-fifty proposition, right? And let's hear you in the live chat, everybody out there. Chime in. Would you have gone for it? Do you agree with Zach or do you agree with me? Um, let's they say it's a 50-50. Let's say it's a 50-50 proposition, okay? And you're taking a 50% chance whether you're going to win or lose on a third and one from the one, okay? You got a 50-50 chance. If you kick the field goal, that's like 99% or 98% or whatever it is. And then you've got multiple plays to stop the other team. You're not leaving it down to one flip of the coin. That's why I think but it, it, isn't is even a, one it was a better decision. But even if they don't make it, I still think they have. They would probably get the ball back. They'd have another shot. Well, they did get the ball back. And what happened? Six-yard catch and then a sack. So, yeah. Although they were they were back on their own what twenty yard line, so that changes the play calling. But yeah, we'll see what the fire starters have to say. I yeah, can't I even it. see the chat because I'm on my phone here. Um, what well, are people saying, Darren? Peter oh, says Zach is right. Of they agree. Yeah, Peter says Zach is uh, Peter D. What's going <laughs> on, Pete? Uh, says Zach is right. Tao Zen says touchdown. Um, oh, well, this is a good question. Scott Westman asks. Uh, speaking of calls. DB, what's the best wing flavor at Shannon's? Can I be honest with you? I would get dip, get salt and pepper, and then the dip. Get your favorite dips. I think that's uh, that's that's the way to go. Um, field goal was the right call, says Scott Roger. It was also the right call earlier to, um, instead of going for it. Uh, really, everybody's divided on it. Take the points right. and believe in your defense, says Tico Napoli. What's up, Pyro? Uh you know, yeah. Uh, one bird says, agree with Zach. It's more than a 50, 50 chance from the one. Uh, it's the CFL play to win, not play to lose. Uh, same as Bonner bombers running it versus Ottawa. Agree with Zach. Well, if you play to win, then play to lose. Don't you want to take the lead? Mm. You're certainly going to take the lead by kicking the field goal. Certainly. You're not certainly going to get in on third and one from the one. Just saying. Well, he and maybe he should have kicked the field goal when they were on, you know, the twenty yard line. Then they win the game, yeah. Instead of going for it, but hey, we've beaten this to death. Yeah, we're Dylan Spicer says I would them. have if missed the first down at the one yard line. Uh, trust the D safety uh, and tie game. Um, well, not it was it was third and one, third and one from the one. Uh, Craig Smith, third and uh, one, who knows his football. The, the problem was kicking it off. To one of the best returners who brought it out to the 50. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that that was probably the decision I think uh, deserves more criticism uh, than. Well, that's uh, what Bob Dice said too, right, Darren? Yeah, he he even right. admitted he, he, yeah. he cared more about kicking it to Alford. Like, why wouldn't they have kicked it away from him? I don't know. 
Well, we know a lot of our viewers are, most of our viewer, viewers are Bombers fans and they probably care more about where they're going to be taking in the game on Thursday night. How about Shannon's Irish Pub? They are open uh, and have game day specials, food and drink for every Winnipeg Jets game, home and away. Every Winnipeg Blue Bombers game, home and away. 21 beers on tap, awesome food. I'm telling you, the salt and pepper wings, and then you mix in some, like, the dips, do that. They, like, these are not just toss frozen wings into the fryer and, and they, you know, land on your table uh, overcooked and, and, and crunchy. These wings are awesome. Try them out. Shannon'sIrishPub.ca. And uh, hey, you know, after the Bomber game uh, on Thursday, you're at work, you're feeling like, ah, you know, I, I want to get the weekend started. Shannon's is now open for lunch on Fridays. So get your weekend started early. If you stayed up a little late on Thursday night, watching the Bombers in Edmonton and then watching game day after dark here on Bonfire Sports, pop into Shannon's, get your weekend started early. Um, and have a, I have a second long weekend, if you will, uh, get it going on Friday. Uh, big thanks to Shannon's, uh, as always. Um, well, that leaves us to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Zach, and no doubt uh, Bomber fans are very, very pleased and, and feeling good. Uh, all those kind of warm and tingly good feelings following a dominant 50-14 to 14 win against uh, the BC Lions this past week. Did this erase all the doubts in your mind that maybe Winnipeg isn't as uh, dominant a team as they have been the last number of years? I didn't erase all the doubts um, for a couple of reasons. But I'll get into that in a second. But it certainly made me feel more comfortable, more confident that the team is going in the right direction. Um, I think if they would have lost twice in a row to BC, even if it was a close game, I think then you're looking at, you know, this team is probably not going to finish first in the West. And they're going to have to have a Western semifinal, right? They're going to have to play a one game to get to the West final. Then you have to win two playoff games to get to the Grey Cup. And it just, I think it would have, um, you know, it would have strengthened the narrative of of this team being on the back nine. Blowing blowing out a team like the Lions with a historically good defense up to that point really made a statement that this team isn't going anywhere. But do I I still think they're the Grey Cup favorites? Well, you know, the Argos dropped one against the Stamps, but that was without Chad Kelly. So the, the, the Argos were looking dominant and they beat us in the great cup Mm -hmm. uh, with Chad Kelly. So I still need to see how the bombers play against the Argos. And I guess the other thing, and, and, and there was a great article in three down nation that I reposted today by Ben Grant, um, who broke down, you know, um, why the bombers won that game and what kind of adjustments they made. And his point was, it's hard to beat a team two times in a row in the CFL. Yeah. Right. They beat us 30 to six and then Winnipeg poured over the film, especially Buck Pierce looking for ways to protect Zach Kolar so they wouldn't give up seven sacks and they used different protection schemes and they used different alignments to expose the lions. And does that mean the lions are a bad team or that they played poorly? Not necessarily. It just means, you know, you you watch the film and you found ways to exploit them. Why would the Lions change what they were going to do? 
They kick the crap out of us 30 to 6. They're going to keep doing what they're doing so we can stop them. Well, the the Bombers stopped them from the very beginning. That offense was executing at an extremely high level. Mm-hmm. They were backed up on their own five-yard line on their first drive, and Kolaris throws like a 50-yard haymaker to Kenny Lawler. Next play, throws a 70-yard touchdown to Dalton Schoen. This is a BC team that had given up two uh, touchdowns through the air through seven weeks. And our two first possessions, we had them, we doubled that on them. Like the Bombers were just executing at an extremely high level. So it doesn't mean that the Bombers are dominant and the that BC sucks as much as I love that chant. You just have <laughs> two good teams and two good coordinators uh, going at it. And, you know, I got to see how this, how the, how the rubber match plays out, right? You got to see the rubber match. You got to see. Got to see how the Bombers play against the Argos, but I'm definitely not as concerned as I was, as I was before. That's your question. And and just so you know, I was listening to you, but I had to throw up oh, the 50 burgers in the lineup because it's just I love it. One of the Darren, most fun. Things. I know you multitask. Oh, you know me. I know you're an expert. You're an expert multitask. You could be eating wings at Shannon's, planning the show. You know, I don't know, calling your mom. You could be doing all that at once, and I, I, and still, I wouldn't feel ignored. Yeah, for better or if worse. I was sitting there. For better or worse. For better. Where do the where does this burger thing, the forty burger, the fifty burger? There's 50 no thirty burger. burger. No, no, those aren't burgers. Those are those are nibbles. You get the whole burger. You get a fifty burger. Fifty. That's what it is. Where I'd be fascinated to know where that where that uh, idiom comes from who came up with 50 burger it works i'm not saying it doesn't work a big fat greasy 50 burger what do you think about this uh this comment from james in the peg watching live on youtube what's going on james good to see you and and uh good to see everybody else uh uh, really chatting it up in the live chat today. That's that's awesome. Uh, James says blue bombers realize they're too complacent and had to beat down BC. Maybe. Yeah, maybe James. Uh, I, I think that 30 to six loss was just lack of focus. I wouldn't call it complacency. I would just say, you know, they didn't prepare properly. And by that, I don't mean, you know, like, oh, they didn't game plan or they didn't practice. Of course they did. I don't think they prepared mentally. I don't think they went in with, um, you know, a sharpened focus on performing at their best because they didn't. They did not play their best at all. Nobody can argue that the Bombers played their best game in that 30 to 6 loss. They definitely played their best game in that 50 to 14 win this past week. Did BC play their best game? No. Did BC have their QB1? No. You can talk all day about who was in and who was out and, well, they got Dom Rimes back and, well, the Bombers didn't have Kenny Lawler and and Kyrie Wilson that first game. They They didn't have Winston Rose back in week three, sure. But in the end, it comes down to who shows up and who puts it on the line. And Winnipeg just came out not just throwing haymakers, they landed the haymakers, but they, they, landed, came, yeah. they came out strategic. Uh, and I feel like they, um, they really, really um, just executed on everything they wanted oh. to do. It was outstanding. Well, my, my cousin Dickie and I were talking right before the show, you know, um, we were talking about how Kolaris 
was like he hits he was hitting Sean and Kenny Lawler on those long bombs in stride. Mm-hmm. Perfectly placed balls. Yep. Like, it, like uh, and I liken it I liken it to when you're playing when in baseball when you're playing against a good a pitcher who's just on their game and there's just nothing you can do. Like you just can't you can't stop them. And I think when a quarterback like Zach Kolaris is executing at that level, like put you know, credit all the schemes and, and the and Brady Oliveira blocking for him and putting in Liam Dobson and having max protection, you still have to hit the hit the throws. And Kolaris was hitting them perfectly, perfectly in stride. Well, like you can I was have sharing great coverage with, on a, right? Yeah, like I was sharing with you on, on game day after dark. The ability Zach Kolaris has to put the perfect amount of touch on those deep throws. And uh, I think yeah. it was Marshall Ferguson dug up some numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but uh, on passes of 20 or more yards this year, like in the air, 20 or more yards, he's perfect. No interceptions. Um, I think he's nine for nine. Uh, it's it's wow. really, really outstanding how good Zach Kolaris is at those deep throws. Uh, and, and what an absolute weapon. What an absolute weapon he is. You know, you can say, well, Kenny Lawler's this or uh, Dalton Schoen is that or Nick Dembski is uh, a star. All true. But you got to set it up. You got you got to get the ball there. Zach Kolaris, uh, out, he's just outstanding. I, I like this. James in the peg with another good comment. Zach Kolaris is our Anthony Calvillo. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I I think it's I think it's apt. I mean, Kolaris is probably never going to put up seventy thousand yards like like. Well, he missed Calvillo. a big chunk of time. Missed some. He's missed some time. He's, That's tough. Yeah. But he he's a back to back MLP. He's the best player in the league. Maybe maybe not uh, maybe not what you think with your Willie Jefferson pick, but he's a phenomenal player. He's he's a perennial All Star. He's a back to back MLP. He's He's won three great cups, two with the Bombers. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. In fact, I would say uh, maybe he's a better big game player than a, than AC was. Mm. I don't know. Yet to be determined. Uh, I I dug up I dug up stats on him in playoffs and great cup, and he's not actually that great in playoffs and great cup. But um, he's got two great cups with the Bombers. So what am I saying? Like he did. Um, he did play in the East. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, Cal- Calvillo, all timer, all timer. Yeah. Well, one of the best. Also, maybe Kolaris. Couldn't you say Kolaris is an all timer? He's getting is there. Is he a is he is he a Hall of Fame guy? He's he's getting there. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, if 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 you had to pick it today, like, is he a Hall of Famer in in ten years? Yeah, probably. I mean that that's a tough thing to do. Um, I like this, uh, this question from Jamie who's watching live on Facebook. What's going on, Jamie? Good to see you. Uh, how do you think Trey Ford is going to do with the Elks this week? Bombers, Elks in Edmonton Thursday night, uh, and Trey Ford gets the start. So this is the other coaching change we saw in the CFL is Tommy Condell out and Scott Milanovic, uh, promoted to offensive coordinator in Hamilton. The other They did not fire Stephen McAdoo. 
They demoted him, and he is now an assistant coach on the defensive side of the ball. And Jarius Jackson will now be the play caller for the Edmonton Elks offense. And suddenly, Taylor Cornelius isn't the number one, nor is Taylor Cornelius the number two. Taylor Cornelius is the number three quarterback. He will run short yardage on Edmonton's offense. That leaves uh, Jarrett Dagey as the number two and the Canadian second year quarterback, Trey Ford, is the number one this week. He is a smaller quarterback. He is incredibly athletic, incredibly agile and quick. He is capable of making all the throws. He is inexperienced. He is obviously young, but this guy is built with, I don't know, speed in his veins. He has juice. So don't look past the Edmonton Elks because they're starting a young quarterback this week against the Blue Bombers. Trey Ford can beat you and he will beat you. So Jarius Jackson, Trey Ford, a new mix on offense. Edmonton still winless, of course, but coming off the bye week while Winnipeg coming off a very uh, emotionally high win. Or at least I would say the fans an emotionally high win. How will this game shake out? What I did find interesting, as I mentioned the emotional high, Zach, did you know this? After the game, when you and I were uh, firing up uh, game day after dark in the post game, as we always do here on the channel, I talked to people who were inside the Blue Bombers locker room after the game. You know what they said? They said it was not a big, exuberant locker room. It was very measured, very business-like they came away with a amazing win 50 to 14 and it was great job good work let's go back to work i think that hmm. speaks a lot about the the metal the mentality i should say of this winnipeg blue bombers team that they can have a huge win and from the outside looking in, we're erasing doubts and we're talking about, you know, being atop the power rankings and being the great cup favorite again and getting redemption and revenge, all of that. But inside that room, it's that was a win. We're going to enjoy it. We're going to move on to the next. They, they, they are not drinking their own. They're not drinking their own no. Kool-Aid right now. They don't read their own press clippings, right? They, they're a, they're a lunch pail blue collar team who just, puts their nose to the grind and goes to work, right? All of those cliches you want to say. And I'm, I'm actually thrilled to hear that, that it wasn't super exuberant because this is a trap game. I know we're going to get to this preview, this game uh, in a it. minute, but let's do it. I mean, do it now. Okay. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's a bit of a, it. it's a bit of a trap game. Well, a big emotional win at home against your, you know, Western arch rival at this point, it's not the riders or the stamps. Um, and it's not the Elks, so they 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 beat their arch rival in BC, um, and then they go into a place where this team has nothing to lose. Their backs against the wall. They have a new coaching, sort of a new coaching setup there. They have a diff they have a different, new, exciting quarterback coming in. Um, they don't have a lot of film on Trey Ford. I watched Trey Ford in the in the preseason. So did you. He could be electric. He could beat you with his legs like nobody's yeah. business. He can juke you out of your out of your socks. 
And Winnipeg has been vulnerable to running quarterbacks. They were in the Grey Cup to Chad Kelly. They were to Dustin Crum and the famous Crumback that I, of course, coined. You did. Full credit. I did. Uh, well, thank you. So I'm I'm a little concerned, uh, but I'll tell you this. I, I'm not concerned that the Bombers are going to be coming in um, overconfident. I think they, they, they I mean, they, 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 Ed Tate wrote an article about this week. They, they don't look at the record. The yeah. numbers mean nothing. It's, it's, let's go one and oh this week against a good opponent. It's, they all, and, and O'Shea always says it. It's hard to win in the CFL. And he's right. It's hard to beat another professional football team when there's only nine teams and there's such parity and the coaches all know each other. But, yeah. I would still. I'm. Am I going to pick the Bobbers to win? Of course I am. Uh, and we're going to get into our win picks. By, yeah. Do I think they'll win by twelve? I don't know. We'll talk about it. But yeah, that's, we'll a, that's into a big line. Sia.com/slash bonfire in just a second. To, to your point, Zach. Uh, prior to the Lions Bombers game last week, Winnipeg's fifty to fourteen win. Winnipeg had a bye. Prior to that bye, they beat the Edmonton Elks twenty-eight fourteen at IG field. Okay. This game, this coming week will be in Edmonton. That game in Winnipeg was six, six at halftime. And I think the score 28, 14 flatters the blue bombers. They did not play well in that game. They did not play well in the game before that was the crumb back. As you mentioned, uh, they were not playing good football at all. The bye week reset everything. And, they came out and played incredibly strong football. They're healthy. The injury report, um, you know, as as we're two days into the week, uh, just Jamal Parker on the injury report. And that's because uh, he missed last game because of a non-football related issue. Um, you know, that, that's all the information we have on that. So everybody that is injured with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers right now is on the six game injured list or ready to come off the six game injured list. Um, which is, is very, very positive. Uh, Edmonton is now coming off a bye with the change, as we mentioned at quarterback and at offensive coordinator or play caller as, as they're, you know, they're calling Jarius Jackson there now. Um, I think if this is a quote unquote trap game, if it is a trap game, it's not because the blue bombers will go in there, you know, smelling their own roses or not being focused or reading their own press clippings or drinking, whatever <laughs> it's because Edmonton will present something Winnipeg is not expecting and they will game plan. They'll put together a game plan that can beat Winnipeg. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't, but that's the possibility that is always there. That's why Winnipeg is preparing and taking the Edmonton Elks as seriously as any other team. Michael Shea said as much, uh, at practice on Monday, that they're a good football team with good football players. And and like you said, Zach, it's hard to win in pro football. It's hard to win in the CFL. Winnipeg is going to get, take this game seriously. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to see a good football game in, uh, one way or another. Well, you talk about practice. Let's let's get into that for a second, if we can, Darren. What did you see on the only, you know, open practice of the week? Yeah, uh, well... I'm not allowed, rightfully so, to divulge, you know, details of what we see, but we can talk about who was practicing and who was not. Desmond Lawrence has been on the six game injured list 
for five weeks. He is now permitted to practice, and he was a partial participant uh, on that one open practice uh, on Monday. Uh, great to see Sandy at practice, by the way. Hi, Sandy. I don't know if you see. There's your mug. Keeping uh, <laughs> keeping the shine on it. Uh, and Not her face, everybody... her mug. Pardon me? Not her face, her, her actual mug. Her mug. Yeah, not mug shot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stainless no, steel mug. No, not her mug. Yeah. Um, but other than that, Winnipeg looked unchanged from what we saw against the BC Lions. I don't anticipate any major changes on either side of the football. Uh, now might they tweak some things with, you know, they dressed two fullbacks last week. Will they shift that? And, um, you know, maybe dress another defensive lineman could be miles Fox at defensive tackle. Maybe could they bring Jamal Parker back on, uh, the roster this week? Maybe, um, you know, will they make a change at kick returner? I don't think so. I still think it will be Greg McCray handling things until, um, um, until Janarian Grant is healthy and, and ready to return, uh, no pun intended. But um, overall, <laughs> it's that was a good pun. Oh come on, that was a, that was a that was an error. That was a a, a fluke. Um, but uh, all things seem very stable in Blue Bomberland right now, and fans can knock on wood uh, coming off that big win and now going into Edmonton. Uh, let's look ahead, Edmonton. Then the following Friday in Calgary are the Blue Bombers. They return home on Thursday, August 24th against the Montreal Alouettes, who are playing pretty good football right now. Uh, and then it is the Labor Day Classic and the Banjo Bowl home-and-home home series against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, uh, a trip to Hamilton in mid-September, and then Winnipeg's second of three bye weeks uh, in late September. Then... I know we're looking ahead. We can. The team won't, but we can. Then it is those huge back-to-back -back games, bookended by the second and third bye of the season, where Winnipeg goes to Toronto and then, or pardon me, is at IG Field against Toronto, home against Toronto, and then at BC. Those two games, huge on implications for how the final regular season standings uh, will shake out. But task at hand is Edmonton. Um, and that brings us to our picks. Zach, are you ready to, to get into it for uh, SIA.com slash bonfire? And uh, we will we'll look at the picks and then we'll look back at our picks uh, from the last number yeah, of weeks. Yeah, you finally you finally tabulated them. I thought you were I thought you were just gaming me there and just hesitating to tabulate them because you knew I'd be far ahead, but I, I don't know that that's the case. <laughs> Uh, Bombers 12 point favorites in Edmonton yeah. on Thursday night. Uh, that line has actually come down, I believe, when you were on SIA.com. Okay, so it hasn't moved uh, for SIA. It's always been at 12, but it's been as high as uh, 13 and a half, I think, on some other sports books. But don't worry about other sports books. 12 is a better number if you're a, a Bombers better. That's for sure. Of course, do it responsibly. Um, but uh, do you like Winnipeg at 12 points, Zach? I do. I, you know, here's the thing. I don't think that the Bombers are going to be fooled by a running quarterback again. I think they're going to put a spy on Trey Ford. Uh, they're going to have someone watching him. Um, am I, do I think Trey Ford will still be able to run a little bit on him? Yeah, because he's that good of an athlete and they don't have a ton of film on him. But I, but I do think 
that they'll put a spy on him. I think they will they will scheme appropriately and they're just they're just they're firing on all, all cylinders and I think that Byreek like you said gave him a reset. I think they can I think they take it by 12 or more. Yeah. Well, and I'll remind people when you sign up for SIA Go to SIA.com slash bonfire. And with that exclusive link, you will help us here on the channel and get yourself a very tidy 100% bonus. Uh, you can find all the details uh, on SIA.com slash bonfire, but that's how you sign up. Uh, over under set at 45. I don't mind the over in this because I do think, uh, you know, you mentioned not a lot of film on uh, Trey Ford. The Bombers just don't have a lot of film on Jarius Jackson as a play caller. I think that's almost as dangerous, right. if not more, Good point. Uh, yeah. than, uh, than Trey Ford uh, and, and lack of film. So 45, I think Winnipeg is capable of scoring 30. If you think uh, Edmonton can can tack on another couple touchdowns, you'd be in that range of, of uh, hitting 45. Uh, and then the money lines, uh, first half money line, a lot healthier at 400 uh, versus the 650 on the entire game. Um, if we go back, how do I do this? Can we go back? Here we go. The second game uh, Friday night, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, Montreal, four and a half point favorites in this game. And uh, I think this is a game uh, I took and I took Montreal to cover. Mm-hmm four and a half. They're playing good football right now. The defense is playing outstanding. I think Cody Fajardo, while he does scare me a little bit, uh, and while Saskatchewan might have a little bit of a book on the quarterback, as well as their head coach and offensive coordinator, Jason Moss, it is a short week for Saskatchewan. They're coming off a very hard fought battle at home. Uh, Montreal, a little bit more rested, uh, playing early in the week last week and then again early uh, in CFL week 10. So I like Montreal to cover uh, the four and a half. Calgary at BC, I find a very intriguing game, Zach. Six point favorites are the BC Lions at this juncture. Will Vernon Adams be the starter? We don't know yet. And, so, and we don't know even if, uh, sorry, Darren, we don't even know if Dane Evans is going to be the backup because he was knocked out of the game. Right. against the Bombers with that sternum injury and that Ambiguo crushed him. So, so what you can do is watch the news closely. And uh, as you see, the, the line has gone from five and a half to six uh, for the Stampede. Or, uh, pardon me. Yeah, it, it's gone from five and a half to six for the uh, the BC Lions as a favorite because, I don't know, maybe, maybe they were getting a lot of the early action. Things have definitely uh, uh, moved out. But you can watch the news uh, watch, you know, Twitter or whatever it might be um, on the health of Dane Evans, on the health of Vernon Adams Jr. I, I get the feeling VA is probably going to be back. He did dress as a backup uh, in Winnipeg, so probably close. Um, it's been about three, three and a half weeks since he went down to injury, um, and, and they didn't think it would be that long. So, you know, watch the news and, and see what develops, and, and maybe you can find yourself some value uh, on that game. The final game of the week is Ottawa at Toronto. And there is still no line out on that game yet because we don't know the status of Chad Kelly and we don't know the status, you know, that game still, uh, you know, five days away on Sunday. So, um, I think here, I want to make sure I, I, I get this right. Where's our picks. Here we go. So, 
here's our picks from uh, the last number of weeks. Do I got it here? Here we go. Uh, so here's our picks from the last number of weeks. And uh, forgive me if it's it's so large here, but uh, Zach, you are taking Winnipeg to cover 12. You are taking Calgary uh, plus five and a half points uh, in BC. It's now at six, but you locked it in at five and a half, which, uh, you know, um, ain't too bad. Uh, I'm taking Montreal to cover uh, four and a half. And then this Ottawa-Toronto game is a question mark right now. Uh, it really comes down to, to Chad Kelly. I think Ottawa is, is a, a football team that is capable of winning, especially if Chad Kelly is not on the field. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll plunk a pick in there when we're ready to go. Uh, but look at this a few weeks ago, Zach, you were absolutely crushing me. Okay. Right, I was in the minuses what? through the first quarter of the season where you were winning, but then these last few weeks, uh, you netted zero or pardon me, you netted minus two to get to zero. And I got out of the basement with a couple, uh, shrewd picks, uh, Calgary with a a huge win in week six, um, despite being the, uh, the underdogs. Um, and then you're just being rude. Now you're just being rude, rude and shrewd. Yeah. One or the other. Um, one is the root. Rude. You've been putting you've been putting major units down uh, on your picks, yeah, so you jumped out. You had a beautiful week seven, taking Edmonton uh, to cover versus Winnipeg. It was a fourteen point win. You had fourteen and a half, so well done there. Yeah. Too bad you only put one on it. Uh, Toronto uh, clobbered their opponent in week seven. I can't recall offhand who that was, uh, but you know, then you've been going uh, big bets, big bets. Um, these past couple weeks with uh, a win and a loss and a win and a loss. Uh, so you're remaining at four. Uh, I've just been hitting on my larger bets with BC to cover Montreal to cover. Um, so, uh, here we are. I'm now five, uh, five units ahead of you in the SIA.com slash bonfire head to head picks against the spread ATS. I'm throwing haymakers and they're not connecting. I'm whiffing on them, and you're hitting them. You're hitting body shots. We'll see where we end up. I usually hit. I hit the other kind of body shots. Well, maybe I'm getting too old for that. But (laughs) is that what you were doing on Saturday when I couldn't get a hold of you? Well, no, it was actually Friday after the Sea Bears game. I'm lying. Oh, I, didn't, yes, I, I wasn't able is. to go. I had to get on a bus first thing Saturday morning and go to Brandon with the Winnipeg Rifles junior football team. Um, but after the Sea Bears game, this was the spot. Shannon's Irish Pub, 175 Carlton Street, just down the block from True North Square. Before the game, after the game, Sea Bears, Jets, Bombers, you name it. During the game, Friday for lunch, it is the spot. Go check them out. Uh, you can find more information, shannonsirishpub.ca, uh, the 21 beers on tap, always, uh, close to my heart because they have a lot of great local choices. Um, many of your local favorites, uh, as well. Yeah. Um, and if I wasn't at the lake watching the game here, I would have gone to Shannon. So we're still going to have to do that up one of these days, Darren, uh, get out to Shannon's for an away game watch party. One thing I did want to say, and, and I hope Edmonton isn't Edmonton staff aren't watching this. I forgot to mention one of the concerns about the bombers 
is that there's the, the average of of 32.5 yards a return in the win against BC. It's hard to come up with a concern when you spank a team 50 to 14. But uh, Terry Williams had six kick returns for 195 yards, 32.5 yards a return. Is it just that game or is this a trend? Well, it's actually a trend because I had a gander at the stats pack he sent me and the Bombers are second last in the league in uh, giving up return average uh, yardage with 25.1 yards per return. So I don't know, man. Is that just because the killer Mike Miller is on the bench? Uh, Does CJ Sims with the Elks maybe um, punish us with that one? I don't know, but it it does concern me, um, despite the fact that the offense and defense were just destroying the Lions. Uh, That is a bit of a concern. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like Craig Smith mentioned earlier, uh, and you know, like Don's mentioning here, Edmonton needs to do what Winnipeg did. Quick uh, what Winnipeg did, quick strikes early. Uh, Both of these teams are paid to play football. Uh, I don't yeah. think you can you can write anybody off. Uh, it's the CFL, the crazy football league. The unexpected happens. Um, so, you know, we're going to get you prepared for it right here uh, on Bonfire Midweek, as we always do, uh, looking ahead, looking back on the week that was. Uh, and then Chris Walby, of course, uh, one of the, the sharpest, most entertaining minds uh, in the Canadian Football League, and frankly, maybe even CFL history, uh, will join me on Game Day Winnipeg on our pregame show Wednesday live at three o'clock, immediately following uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk. If they go past three, like WST goes past three o'clock sometimes, we're going to be going pretty much at three o'clock. Everybody will join us from that uh, automatically uh, on YouTube. But don't sleep on Edmonton, don't sleep on anybody. The most dangerous is the wounded dog. Edmonton is incredibly wounded uh, and desperate. They have nothing to lose. They're starting their second-year Canadian quarterback. They made changes. Uh, They're coming off the bye week. Winnipeg's coming off a a big win. Uh, You never know what's going to happen. You never, ever know. No, you don't know in the CFL. I mean, and, and a team, I mean, a team in the CFL is probably not going to go winless. It's never happened. They're, they're going to win at some point. Um, and they're going to win at home at some point. And antlers can be sharp and spiky and they can do some damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they're going to do enough damage on, on Saturday to, to make Edmonton prevail, Darren. But, but I, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this game is a little bit closer at halftime than people think. Yep. So uh, keep that in mind when you're uh, maybe throwing a, a little sprinkle down on SIA.com slash bonfire. Mm-hmm. Use that exclusive link uh, and you'll get a very tasty 100% bonus uh, on your account. I think it's up to like a thousand bucks. If you deposit a thousand yeah. at that thousand, uh, then you'll get a thousand in bet credits, which is is pretty great. I think I don't think anybody can hold a candle to that right now, but you can deposit even 20 bucks. And they'll give you a hundred percent bonus. I think that's the minimum. So, and it's a Canadian, uh, it's a Canadian company too. And I think it it's is. an indigenous company. That's pretty that's right. cool. Two pretty cool oh. qualities about SIA. Uh, in addition to the fact that there is, they're associated with uh, yours truly here. Yep. Yep. But uh, Hey, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great week in the CFL. Uh, you can see the schedule up there. Uh, Sask at Montreal, uh, I think will be an interesting game with the Riders traveling to the mm-hmm. new home of Fajardo and Jason Moss. 
Calgary at BC. Uh, the last time Calgary went to BC was week one, if I'm not mistaken. BC absolutely dominated them. Calgary hanging tight right now uh, in the standings, trying to keep their season alive and uh, keep pace with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders who were coming off a, an emotional win. Um, and then Ottawa at Toronto, big questions around Chad Kelly. So a uh, very intriguing CFL Week 10. And hey, we're going to break it down for you uh you know, here, uh, here on, on, uh, bonfire midweek next week, of course. Yes, sir. We got to talk we'll about Chris be Strebler before we go, Zach. Oh yeah, of course. Larry Ward That's says, where one. is Chris Streveler going to end up, uh, cut from the New York jets this past week. Uh, the jets got a new offensive coordinator this year. Uh, I can't recall his name offhand, but he was the head coach of the Denver Broncos last year. That is uh, the new OC of the New York Jets. And Streveler suffered a thumb injury uh, in training camp, smacking it on a helmet. It is on his throwing hand. Uh, so the injury combined with a new OC and obviously Aaron Rodgers there now, um, you know, uh, they, they moved on um, from Zach and, and now to um, Aaron Rodgers, maybe a new OC looking for a different style of quarterback as a backup. Um, to uh, Aaron Rodgers, but that leaves Streveler a free agent right now. What's going to happen, Zach? Uh, well, he I don't think he's coming back to the CFL anytime soon. I think he's going to wait and see if, if uh, he can get another opportunity. And now he's already got enough. He's vested, I think they call it. So he's going to get that NFL pension, which is like 20,000 US dollars a year. But that's where it starts. Um, yeah. I I don't see him coming back to CFL anytime soon. Do you, DB? No. No, I don't. Um, I don't understand what the benefit for Chris Streveler would be. Like, if he's desperate to play a game, if he's desperate to do that, then maybe he would consider coming to Canada mid-season. But one, yeah. I don't see why he would be desperate to play and get smacked around because we know the the physical brand that he plays Two, it's very difficult to have a team agree to pay you and bring you in and then agree that well okay yeah if uh you know the cincinnati Bengals call we'll just let you go the nfl window is during the off season of the cfl that allows players under contract to sign a futures contract in the NFL, like December, January, that, that time frame, right? Late in the NFL season, after the CFL season, if Chris Traveler signed a contract with whoever in the CFL, let's just say Edmonton, okay? If he signs a contract, he's expected to be with Edmonton for the rest of the year, right? Through October. What does that do for Chris Traveler? outside of some bucks that I don't think he really needs right now. Mm -hmm. It's wear and tear on the body and it is less opportunity to go work out for other teams because if tomorrow morning an NFL team, say the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm just throwing that, that team out there just randomly. Uh, yeah. If they call tomorrow morning, Strebler can be on a plane and be there that afternoon. Right. Yeah. I don't know if since he's that easy to get to. Maybe two. No, and, but he also he also has to rehab that thumb, right? Like, right. He, he he's not going to be playing uh, right away. He doesn't know the playbook of teams. Uh, you know, he it's not exactly he doesn't exactly have a live wire for an arm. It's uh, he doesn't have the greatest arm. Let's be honest. Accuracy. Um, 
versus strength. Get some accuracy issues. Yeah, I don't see it. It, it. It's too bad, though. It's too bad he got cut. But who would want to hang out with Aaron Rodgers anyway? The guy is such a narcissist. <laughs> and I'm saying that from a clinical perspective. I know what I'm talking about, folks. You are you not are just a certified. Card, uh, you are a certified therapist, Zach. I am a certified therapist. Yeah. If you're yeah. if you're looking for a therapist, folks. But a certified therapist would also. Of course, you're 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 saying it tongue in cheek because we're talking about a pro athlete here on a yeah. sports talk show, right? You would need to meet the individual face to face to oh, make I can't a, diagnose a proper them, assessment. So. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but uh, I, I I can. Yeah. Anyway, but my point my point about Chris Streveler is, uh, <laughs> if he signs in the CFL in 2023, that negates his opportunity to go work out for a team in short order. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He wouldn't be able to just fly to like, let's say the thumb heels two weeks go by the thumb heels. He wouldn't be able to just arrive in a day and work out for a team or meet with a GM yeah. or meet with a coach and an OC uh, and a quarterback's coach. He wouldn't be able to do that because he would be in Canada playing. And I don't yeah. see how that serves him. Chris Strebler has been in the NFL now for a few years. And that's where yeah. he wants to stay. That's where every football player wants to be. They, it is called the league. Players call it the league. I was in the league. I want to get yeah. back to the league. Now there's other players that, you know, uh, I shouldn't say there's other players. Players love playing in the CFL. Once they get here and they see what it is, so many of them fall in love with it. Uh, the reality is uh, playing in your home country playing in the number one league in the world is different. The money, the opportunities outside of football, all of that. Right. So I, I don't see why Chris Feller would, would come to uh, come to the CFL in 2023. If there isn't a single phone call between an NFL team and Chris Strebler's agent for the next eight months, then I could see him coming to Canada. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe he wants to start next year, right? Like maybe he wants to be a starter. That's important enough to him. He's made enough money down south, maybe. Um, we'll 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 see. Uh, we forgot to mention Mr. Kolaris was the uh, top-rated uh, player in the CFL by Pro Pro Football Focus. Yeah, which was pretty darn sweet. He, I think he had that honor in week two or something um, against Saskatchewan. So he has it again. He's had what three or four three hundred yard games in a row. The guy's just on fire, buddy. And I think he's gonna bring that fire to Edmonton. I really do. I think I, I expect the bombers to not take Edmonton lightly and to be executing again at a high level. You're right. They didn't play their best game against Edmonton before, only beating them by fourteen. Um so we'll see. It should be exciting. And I look forward to seeing you and the big guy tomorrow. Yes. And maybe you and the big guy should hit up Shannon's for an away game watch party on Thursday. Maybe bring Slats out there. Uh, yeah. Taylor Allen, the hammer, all, all the stars. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the hammer is on holidays right now. He might even be out of okay. town. Uh, I'm not sure who's going to Edmonton for the Winnipeg free press, but um yeah, some somebody will be traveling there. You know who else is traveling to Edmonton this week? Who? The Winnipeg Rifles kick off their 2023 Ooh. season uh, nice. this coming Sunday. Uh, you can watch all of those games on cjfltv.com. Uh, I'll be calling the Sweet. home games this year. Hashtag rifle up. Uh, 
Big season, big expectations uh, for Winnipeg's junior football team playing in the Prairie Football Conference of the Canadian Junior Football League. Regina, Saskatchewan, or, or Saskatoon, uh, Edmonton has two teams, and Calgary has a team. Uh, so if you're interested, riflesfootball.com, go check it out, uh, and you can watch the games on uh, cjfltv.com. Or you can also head down to their beautiful brand new field at Maple Grove Park. St. Vitale Mustangs field. The rifles have a brand new turf field, new bleachers, new lights and fencing. Uh, it is awesome. Outstanding first class uh, facility there for junior football. Um, big thanks to, uh, you know, or of course, thanks to uh, all the, uh, the three levels of government in uh, making that happen for uh, our elite amateur athletes from junior football, really all the way down to the tykes uh, that, that play, um, you know, uh, minor football here in Manitoba, which is, which is pretty great. Great. Yeah. Great. Multi-talented right. DB. You call games on, you call be a basketball games. No, you call football it's not games. talent. It's just passion, man. That's all it is. So much. No. Fun. Hey, I never called you talented. Let, let's, let's just be clear about that. What did you just, just say then? You're passionate. <laughs> I'm just bugging you, buddy. You're, you're, you're being modest. Hard. You're trying I'm, too hard to get uh, under my skin. You can't get it. You, you're at the lake right now. You should be kicking back yeah. the way I'm feeling right now. Just, you know, enjoying midseason. Uh, it's the best time of the year, if you ask me. Uh, hockey is upcoming. Uh, tons of great yeah. CFL football. Uh, James Murphy going into the ring of honor. One of my favorites growing up. And uh, the Bombers, uh, very, very positive outlook. Suddenly following that huge win last week. Yeah. Can't wait, buddy. Yep. Can't wait. Should be good. Okay. Final word to you, as I always do, Zach. Sayonara, everybody. Sayonara.